Welcome to the Yoga Inspired Life Podcast. I'm your host, Shayla Quinn, and together we'll go on a journey of self-discovery as we explore all of the inner workings of what it means to live an inspired life. Join me for solo episodes and conversations with special guests for real, authentic deep dives into all things yoga, wellness, self-love, mindfulness, and everything in between. If you're ready to get inspired, learn, grow, evolve, to connect, and up-level your life, then you've come to the right place. I am beyond excited that you're here, so let's dive in. Hi, babe. Welcome back to the Yoga Inspired Life podcast, Ask Shay edition. If you have never tuned in for one of my Ask Shay episodes, I'll just give you a quick rundown. Essentially, instead of doing a weekly or monthly Ask Me Anything on my Instagram, I decided that I would create a style of podcast episode where I could answer your questions. There was a point in time in my life when I was always in my DMs answering every single message and it really got overwhelming and it also kind of affected my mental health being connected to that many different people and constantly feeling like people were always asking me for something. I do what I do. I share everything I create because I love it. I love giving. I love being of service, but I had to start setting up boundaries around where I give my energy because at the end of the day, when I was in my inbox plus creating for my YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, podcast, program, etc., I was left with absolutely nothing. No energy. Nothing left to give. So I really try to stay out of my DMs. I know that that probably frustrates a lot of people and I'm sure other creators or business owners would think that that is really foolish, but I don't care. I have to do what's best for me and I want to be able to show up for you fully when I choose to show up. And I just think that being in my DMs and answering questions all day long is just not healthy. And you know, this could change in the future, but this is what works for me right now and that's what we're going with. And that is why I wanted to create a regular series, if you will, on the podcast where I can answer your questions. That way I am mentally prepared. You have my full attention. I give you an opportunity to ask questions on my Instagram, which if you're not following me on Instagram, you're missing out on daily behind the scenes of my life on my Instagram stories and my Reels content, as well as having the opportunity to ask your questions. The link for my Instagram is down in the show notes, but you can also just look up my Instagram handle. It's just my name, Shayla Quinn, S-H-A-Y-L-A-Q-U-I-N-N. And every now and then I will throw up a question box and give an opportunity for you to ask questions and nothing is off limits. You can ask about me or maybe you want my advice on a specific situation that you're going through or you can ask about yoga, fitness, health, wellness, business. As I said, nothing is off limits. Last week I posted a question box and got so many questions, like more than I've gotten in a long time. And the questions were kind of all over the map, but I was able to separate them into categories and decided it would just be easier for me to group similar questions or questions that were on a similar topic together and do them in separate podcast episodes. That way, if you have more questions about yoga and you don't really care about love and relationships, then you can just listen to the episode about 
yoga or whatever it might be. So just know that if you asked a question that didn't have anything to do with love and relationships, that it is coming in an upcoming episode. I'm going to be sprinkling in Ask Shay episodes in the coming weeks. So make sure you are subscribed to the podcast. And for now, let's dive into today's questions. If you couldn't tell from the title of this episode, today's theme is love and relationships. We'll just start with a very wholesome question. And I got this question a lot. How did you meet your boyfriend? I met my boyfriend on a blind double date. Absolutely wild, I know. It's actually so funny because a friend of mine that I knew and worked with in LA and hadn't seen in probably six years had messaged me to let me know that she was coming to New York. And we, of course, stayed in touch on social media, but we really hadn't spent any time and we hadn't spoken in a really long time. But she's one of those friends that I could see just being in my life for a long time and we could go long periods of time and not talk and we get back together and we just pick right back up. So we make plans to grab dinner in New York and probably a day or two before she gets here, she calls me and she's like, hey, listen, I know we have plans for dinner, but I've been talking with this guy and he wants to grab drinks, but I wondered if you would come with and I can ask him to bring a friend for you and we can go on like a double date. And to be honest with you, at this point in time in my life, I was in full hustle and grind mode. This was in May. I had taken a break from being on the dating apps I was not dating, I was not going out, I was really not interested in dating, I wanted to take a break from dating, and I was really focusing on myself and my business. But because I really wanted to see my friend, and I think also because I just didn't care, I was like, yeah, sure, whatever, that's fine. I'll also say too that even though I was not intentionally putting myself out there to date, I did make a pact with myself that if the universe presented an opportunity and it felt right to me in my gut that I would say yes. I wasn't totally closed off to meeting anyone, but I just wasn't out there pursuing it, if you will. If somebody approached me and I felt an attraction, maybe I would say yes. If an opportunity for a double date popped up and it felt right, I would say yes. Or like if somebody that I knew and trusted wanted to set me up with someone and it felt right to me, then I would say yes. So I was very much in this headspace of if the opportunity pops up and it feels right, I'll say yes. But otherwise, I'm not really interested. I'm doing me right now. And I really think that that was just such a great attitude to have about dating. It felt right to me and I really felt whole on my own. And looking back, I see that that was the healthiest approach mentally that I've ever had to dating. And so anyway, my friend comes into town, we go on the double date, I had zero expectations, and now here we are, five and a half months later, and I have the best boyfriend. He's great, the relationship that we're building is great, I'm having so much fun, and I'm just obsessed with the story of how we met. I think it's just such a great story, and I think it's a testament to doing what's best for you, and listening to your gut, and saying yes when things feel right, and trusting that by doing so, And by really standing firmly in your own power and honoring what you need and staying true to yourself, that you will effortlessly attract super aligned people and opportunities. And that's all I'll say about that. 
All right, next question. I've been with a narcissist for 20 years. We now have four kids and it's getting worse. Do you think they can change? First and foremost, I am so sorry that you're dealing with that. I can only imagine how difficult that might be. I have an ex-boyfriend who was abusive and toxic to me and a sociopathic narcissist, and I'm not being dramatic when I say that. So I do have some experience with narcissists, but I will say that it comes as no surprise that I am not a professional, so I can only just give my own opinion, which is that I don't think that narcissists can change, period. But I think that if you've been with this person for 20 years and they haven't changed and it's only getting worse, that's your answer. I do believe that people can change, but they have to want to change for themselves. You can't change anybody. Trust me, I've tried. It doesn't work. People have to want to do the work and they have to want to change and they have to personally be willing to recognize that there's a problem. And typically, narcissists don't see the problem in their behavior. They're able to justify all of their behavior and they pull the victim card and there's gaslighting and there's lying and there's abuse of all sorts. And so it's hard to say because you have kids and I know that that changes things, but No, I'm not going to tell you what to do because you have to make that choice on your own. But to answer your question, I don't think that things are going to change. I was with my narcissistic abusive ex for four years and it's been seven and a half years since I left that relationship. And one of my biggest regrets is not leaving sooner because I saw the signs. I saw the red flags. I saw the behavioral patterns. I was aware of what was happening. I was also aware that things were just getting worse. And I stayed for far too long. And I was only with him for four years. And you know, I think when you're faced with any tough decision, you have to weigh the pros and cons. And you also have to come to grips with the fact that life can get better and that a relationship should not bring constant chaos, confusion, and sadness. Sure, there might be some chaos, confusion, and sadness at some points within a relationship because this is life and life is not rainbows and butterflies all the time. But those things should be at minimal amounts if they're there at all. And I know, at least for myself, that the longer that I stayed in the relationship, the higher my tolerance for the abuse and chaos and confusion became. The more used to it I got, right? And the more I would put up with. And looking back, I see that that was my normal. And so I was just kind of okay with it, even though I wasn't okay with it. And deep down, I knew that this wasn't right. I built up a tolerance to it. So much so that I couldn't fathom that there was anything more than that. Because narcissists also work on breaking you down. By the time I left that relationship, I had zero self-confidence, zero self-worth, and close to zero will to go on. I had been broken down so much. And so you start to believe that you deserve it and that There is nothing more than that. But I can tell you, being seven years out, even my darkest times over the last seven years are a hundred times better than the times that I spent with my narcissistic ex. My life got infinitely better when I decided to choose myself and believe that I was worthy of more. So while I can't tell you what to do, because this is your journey and your choice, 
I will tell you that life is better when you eliminate unstable, toxic, narcissistic people. And in my experience, narcissists do not change, especially if it's only continued to get worse. So I hope that that was helpful and just know that I am holding space for you and I'm sending you so much love and strength and I hope you choose yourself, whatever that means. I hope you do what's best for you and for your kids. The next question that I got, I got many, many times, which is how to heal from the worst heartbreak. And I actually have an older podcast episode that I did on this. That is episode 35, how to heal from a breakup or any challenging situation. And I shared a lot of personal tips on how to heal from a breakup and how I deal with that. But I wanted to answer it again in this episode just because I did get this question so many times. And I'm gonna keep it simple because again, I have that other episode. But what I wanna say is my best advice is to pour all of your energy into yourself. Dive into the things that bring you joy. Take care of yourself. Keep yourself busy and distracted in a healthy way. Focus on your health and wellness. Pick up new hobbies. I would advise to steer clear from alcohol or any other substance that is going to be a downer and affect your mental clarity. I would resist the urge to stalk your ex on social media and just focus on coming back to yourself. Make the relationship that you have with you your priority. Invest in other relationships that you have in your life, like with your friends or your family. Dive into self-discovery and self-development work. Start a new book. Go seek out things that bring you joy and let that be your priority and trust and know that with time, the heartbreak will hurt a little less. But you have to give yourself time and I think you have to shift your focus from your ex and the life that you envisioned with this person, et cetera, and refocus your attention to yourself. I also think it's important to allow yourself to go through the different stages of grief, heartbreak of any kind, even for instance, with me, with my toxic, abusive, narcissistic ex, was still a grieving process. I was still sad and I made the mistake of not allowing myself to fully grieve. I repressed all of the emotions and just went balls to the wall with distracting myself, which, you know, it turned out okay for me. I'm happy now, but I ended up having to deal with the emotional baggage later on and I wish I would have just dealt with it at the time and moved forward. So allow yourself to feel your feelings, but try not to sit in them for too long. And I think it's important to know that what is meant for you will not pass you by. And if this person that you have broken up with is meant for you, then you will come back together. And if this person that you broke up with is not meant for you, then you will move on and it's for the best. But for whatever reason, you've broken up. You have to find acceptance for this, which I know is really difficult, but the more you resist or wish that things were different than they are, the more suffering you create for yourself. So find acceptance and focus on you. The best thing that you can do is pour into yourself and have trust and faith that everything is happening for a reason and you might not know the reason now, but trust that you are being supported by the universe or God, or whatever you call your higher power. See how you can be of service to your community. See how you can nurture the relationship that you have with yourself. And just know that with time, things will get better. 
And lastly, again, if you haven't listened to episode 35, go and give that a listen. The next question is, can you give some examples of what triggers you in your current relationship and how you cope? I'm trying to think about the triggers in my relationship, which quickly, if you listened to the episode where I spoke about triggers not too long ago, then you would know that triggers aren't necessarily anybody else's problem, but your own, right? They are signs that there are things within you that need to be healed. They're not anybody else's responsibility, but your own. So I do just want to say before I share these that I don't hold my boyfriend responsible at all. These are things that I needed to work through from my past relationships and past experiences, even dating back to childhood. And I feel really lucky to say that just by my boyfriend being who he is as an individual, has allowed me to heal a lot of triggers without really even trying. Just because he has been so consistent from day one and has been clear with his intentions with me from day one and has been so honest and forthcoming, it made it a lot easier for me to work through whatever came up. And when I think about what came up, I think it mostly really stemmed from my fear of abandonment, which really is rooted in my childhood. And a limiting belief or trigger that I had was that good things don't last, which is really sad to admit, but it's true. And so after almost every great date that I would go on with him, I would feel a little triggered and feel like, well, all good things must come to an end. So that's probably the last time I'm going to see him. Or even in regards to other relationships that I would have in my life, people would start out as one way and then they would flip and change and be a completely different person. And so even though there was absolutely nothing that my boyfriend was doing to make me believe that I'd never see him again or that he was going to flip and change. Because of my past experiences, that was just something that would get triggered within me. I was anxious that it would end abruptly and that he would quote unquote abandon me. Or I was anxious that he would start acting differently and that he was this way now, but he would suddenly become a different way. All of this really heavily rooted in an anxious attachment style and fear of abandonment. And the ways in which I would cope with these triggers, first and foremost, was a lot of self-talk, radically honest self-talk, you know, and within that self-talk, recognizing and reaffirming to myself that he is not like anybody I've ever dated before. And the relationship that we have and we are building is not like any other relationship I've ever had. And I came to that conclusion through witnessing his consistency and his character over time. When I would feel triggered, I also would sit in what was coming up and truly ask myself, am I feeling these feelings because of something that is happening in the now? Or is this past shit that is coming up? And 10 times out of 10, I was really quickly able to recognize that the anxiety and worry and fear was not due to anything that he was doing or anything that was happening in the present moment, but instead just deep-rooted fear being triggered from my past. And so making the commitment to stay present, journaling really helped me. Meditation, again, like I said, lots of radically honest self-talk. And I'd also be lying if I didn't say that I 
did decide that I would lean on two people who I really trusted that knew me very well and that I knew wanted the best for me for support and advice in moments where I felt like I was kind of spiraling. I'll also say too that being with someone who values open communication also fostered a relationship where I could be open and express myself and ask for what I want without it being held against me, right? So there might've been instances where there was something that was occurring or not occurring that was triggering me. And I felt safe enough in my relationship to express those things to my boyfriend and him just being the great person that he is, like literally every single thing that I brought up, which maybe was like two things, he would take it in and his answer was like, okay, easy. Like the things that I needed in order to have his support in coping with these triggers, I wasn't asking for anything crazy, but maybe in the past I wouldn't have expressed those things because I felt like I don't know, I wasn't worthy of asking for what I wanted or I didn't deserve to ask for what I needed. But again, the relationship is just so healthy and stable and him being who he is allowed me to feel like I could express what I needed and wanted. And I was met with somebody who also equally wanted me to be happy and feel good in the relationship. And I think that that makes all the difference. So as far as this coping mechanism goes, it took a willing participant, right? It took me being willing to express what I needed in order to feel less triggered. And it also took my boyfriend being willing to ask himself if he was able, capable, and willing, and then choosing to show up for me in those ways. Other than that, I feel really lucky to say that I haven't been really very triggered in this relationship. And any triggers that I was dealing with in the beginning have really subsided. I can't say that I've been triggered in this relationship in a minute, which I'm very grateful for. This entire relationship has really been such a nice breath of fresh air for me. Okay, last question. How do you know that you are ready to date again after the intentionally single phase? And if you are unfamiliar with that reference, go and listen to episode 160, Date Like a Yogi. That is my recent dating tips episode. And I talked about how I had an intentionally single phase. And I spoke a little bit about this in that episode, but I will say again, I think it's a feeling. I took time to be intentionally single because I knew that I needed to work on the relationship with myself. And I knew that I wanted to do everything I possibly could to change the narrative I had around love and relationships. I knew that I needed to work on my self-confidence and self-worth. I knew that I wanted to create a life that I loved living. And I wanted to have this sense of wholeness on my own before I sought out a partner or a relationship. I think through the media, we have been conditioned to believe that a relationship is two halves coming together as one. And I don't subscribe to that idea. I think a healthy, sustainable, incredible relationship is two whole people coming together, functioning as a team or a unit. And I knew that when I got out of my last long-term relationship that I was not whole on my own. 
and that if I were to start dating somebody, I would be looking for somebody to kind of fill the void and fix me. But that wouldn't yield long-term results because what I needed to do was to heal and put myself back together by myself. I also didn't want to repeat the same patterns in my next relationship. I wanted a completely different type of relationship than I had ever had before. And so it's like, how do you know? You'll know because you'll know that you've done the work, self-discovery and self-development work, changing your limiting beliefs. Maybe that includes therapy. Are you happy in your life on your own as you are right now? Of course, like I mentioned in that other episode, there was still more work to be done, but I knew that I had done every single bit of work that I could do on my own. So at the point where I decided to start dating again, I knew that the work that was left to be done was still probably work that I would do on my own, but it needed to be done in relationship. I couldn't just do it on my own. I needed to work on it through experience and through partnership. And I think the clarity around knowing when you're ready is when you feel whole on your own. And it's a feeling that you'll have. It takes radical honesty. I think self-reflection and journaling and meditation is really helpful. And I think if you can get to a place where you are good on your own, then that's probably a good sign that you're ready. And some people might disagree with me. Again, I'm not an expert. I'm just sharing my own personal opinion and experiences. But yeah, that's how I knew. And on that note, I'm going to love you and leave you. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you found it helpful. Again, make sure you follow me on Instagram. Also, make sure you are subscribed to the podcast. Keep an eye out for the next Ask Shay episode coming soon. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day or night whenever you're listening. I love you and I will catch you in next week's episode. And that's a wrap on another episode of the Yoga Inspired Life podcast. I hope you got something valuable from it and feel empowered to take inspired action. Thank you so much for tuning in and spending time with me today. And if you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as I loved creating it, then please subscribe and leave a review. And if you know of anyone that would benefit from the podcast, I would love it if you would share it with them. I always say that we rise by lifting others, and this is a totally independent podcast, so every little bit of support truly means so much to me. If you're looking for more, let's connect on Instagram. You can find me at Shayla Quinn. I hope you have an amazing week. Thank you again for listening, and I'll catch you next week.